All right, guys. Welcome back to the Bait Tank Podcast. Today, we have a fantastic guest. We have Edwards from Duran's Fishing Products. How are you doing, Edward? We're good, good. Glad to be here. Dude, thanks (laughs) for coming to the podcast. Gotta get it. Gotta get it out there. Yeah, this is our first one that we're doing video, right? So we're under the microscope. Absolutely. All good, all good. So you're a local um, company in the space. How did you get into fishing? Uh, So I guess started with my uncle. He'd take me out on like sport boats back like out of Davies Locker. Uh, small trips, just like half days, full days. And then, yeah, from there, I just did like pier fishing. But I was like, damn, I was like 12, 13 at the time. So I didn't really have any money to like buy my own setups, do anything. And then, you know, as I got older, I kind of stopped for like, damn, until probably got a job. It's like 19, 20. And then, yeah, once we got a job, you know, I had some money to spend, did the pier fishing thing all over again. Started going to the pier, started fishing more. From the pier went to, you know, sport boats again. Sport boats, like offshore trips, you know, overnights, day and a half. And then, yeah, from there, just, <laughs> you get addicted. Then you got my own boat, got my kayak boat, bigger boat. So now we're climbing up the ladder. <laughs> you know, everybody in fishing, yeah, we all start somewhere yeah, doing that. Yeah, start somewhere. When you first got into it, like when your uncle first took you on those trips, were you, yeah. were you like obsessed with it or you were just kind of like oh, no this is a i mean cool he thing. just took me out and i was just like all right we'll get out there catch like barracuda at catalina but this was back when there was like you'd go to the island catalina and you caught like the fish counts like 200 yellowtail but they're all like you know little rat sized <laughs> yellow so i got my first one i don't know what year it was but yeah i got my first yellow it was probably just like this big i had like a spinning setup and yeah i mean but i wasn't really like hooked onto it yeah so like i didn't say like oh damn i'll do this forever but yeah eventually once i once I did get that was when I went tuna fishing and I was like, damn, this is fun. You gotta, <laughs> gotta keep going out there and, you know, keep fishing. And yeah, no, that's how I was it a, ended up there. What is it like an overnight trip that you went to? Yeah. Fishing I mean, or? overnight. And then you go for like, when you're catching all the yellowfin and skipjack. Yeah. And it's just like, damn, it's a freaking rush. <laughs> you could just catch them. Like when they're biting anything, you just throw anything out there, hook them, land them. And then, yeah, and I just keep it going. So yeah, that's when I, I don't know what year that was, but yeah, I was doing probably every weekend, just overnight trips, overnight trips. Cause I had work Monday through Thursday. Yeah. I get off on Thursday and then just go straight to San Diego, do like a overnight or whatever day and a half. And then, yeah, man, I just keep catching tuna. <laughs> Tuna's yeah, my thing. I'm not the toy. best fisherman, but you know, get out there, <laughs> make it happen. For, yeah, for sure. For tuna and stuff. And then when you got your, what was your first boat that you had? My first boat... Well, I guess you want to go kayak. <laughs> okay. My yeah. first kayak was like a lifetime Walmart kayak. Nice. So we started with that, <laughs> me and my buddy Sergio. And then, yeah, we would start, you know, we would go just local to Newport. Well, it's funny. Our first time we went, we didn't know where to launch the kayaks. So we always thought like, okay, the jetties, like prime fishing locations. Like yeah. we want to fish the jetties, you know, along the rocks. So, and then, but we didn't know where to launch. So he told me, he's like, oh, I know a spot. So we launched by like the little island pretty much that it's like uh you know where the island is yeah are well, you talking pretty, pretty much by the uh by the, the ferris zone? wheel yeah yeah, yeah, yeah okay, the bay island yeah. yeah so we'd like launch right there and then we thought the best place to go fishing was like all the way to the jetty but we didn't know how far it was so we we're just <laughs> paddling for like 
who knows how long, you know, to fish the jetty. And then like all we caught was a bass and a mackerel <laughs> between us both. That's awesome. It was horrible. And then we had to, you know, come all the way back in. And then now after that, we saw we could launch by the, uh, what is it? At the very end of the street, there's like there's a little public dock. Yeah, yeah. That little like public or private public beach right there. So now we just throw the kayaks there and then go nice. out. But yeah, no, it was, uh, that was the first kayaks. And then once we did all the kayak fishing, we went to La Jolla and those things. Oh, wow. And then our same funny story, go to La Jolla our first time. We just like, you see all the YouTube videos. You're like, oh, damn, everyone's getting yellows on like the yo-yos and stuff. Yeah. So I'm like, all right, we could try it too. So we went, took our little kayaks and like, we had no bit, like no uh, fish finder, like no nothing. We were just out there drifting and like have a squid on the bottom. Like <laughs> we know we're not going to catch a yellowtail, so let's fish the bottom. And then we were just drifting like further and further out. And then like, till finally, like, all right, let's call, let's go back. And oh my god, it took us probably like two and a half hours to like paddle back. And it was just like you're paddling for like an hour and like the scenery's not changing. And it was just like <laughs> it was all bad. It you know, was uh I saw some guys out this year on kayaks, uh all that bluefin stuff. I actually saw oh, you yeah, down there were, out front of oh, yeah, Ocean we were out there. <laughs> and that was a fun time. There was right on that drop off in Oceanside, a couple yeah. times I saw kayaks out there at like 6 30 and yeah, these guys are like four miles off the beach and i'm like dude you're paddling in the dark yeah you're no, not getting home until it's dark there's yeah. some kayakers man they get out there and unless you have like a little motor that helps you out or a hobie that you could start like yeah like pedaling but if you're with your arms there paddling god damn it's a, <laughs> it's a workout that's funny man but yeah no from the from the lifetime kayak i was like all right i have time to upgrade so i did end up getting a hope i never thought i would get one but you know, sure enough, like you go out enough times, you're like, all right, I'm tired of paddling. Like I'll spend the money, get a Hobie. So yeah, I got a Hobie and then fished a little more. I didn't fish too much on it. And then from there, I did get my first yellow at La Jolla on my Hobie. And I was like, you know, one morning, just wake up. I went by myself, went solo, get out there. And like, yeah, seven in the morning, just threw a yo-yo out and then just hooked up. I hooked a Barracuda first and the next cast just like hooked the yellow, landed it. And I was back home by like nine. So it was just. What a great feeling. Yeah, it was. It was because I had been probably like 12 or 10 times prior to that. And just you don't catch anything. You just get skunked super bad. And like you wake up early, load the kayak, unload the kayak. You're covered in sand. Yeah, it was. It was (laughs) bad. But then, you know, landing that one yellow is like makes it all worth it. So it's uh, it was cool. And then, um, yeah, from there, upgraded to. Well, I guess once I started my business, then, you know, I had more money. I got. Uh, got my first boat. It was a 17 foot whaler. Nice. Montauk. Then, yeah. Montauk. Very cool. And then, yeah, just fished that for about a year. And then now I have the Grady I have now, the 21 foot. And you love that boat. Yeah. I mean, it's a <laughs> damn boat. So it's just like, it has, it's, it's good. It's a good size for here. It has like an 80 gallon tank. Nice. So I get like three to four miles per gallon. So I have, you know, 200 plus mile range, get wherever I want. But it is, you know, once you're out there and you spend like, you want to go off offshore fishing, it's like, yeah, you feel it. <laughs> you feel on the way back. You got to pick your days, but for sure, it does the job for the most part. Grady Whites are nice boats. They're very, they're very built for offshore fishing. Yeah, yeah no, the hinges. You look at the hinge, the fit and finish is great. Yeah, even no, on they're, especially they're the solid boats for sure. But yeah, I want to upgrade. We'll see when. I don't see it happening anytime soon. Just having a boat, uh, <laughs> it's a nightmare. It's always something breaking. I trailer. think I would I think I would fish more if I didn't have a boat. 
if I if oh, I just yeah, went on charters so? and I just went, out, that's what I tell myself. Yeah, but. nah, for me, I'm the opposite. If I didn't have my, I probably wouldn't even get out there as much as I want. I used to like going on the sport boats, but then like the diesel fumes just like they mess me up. Probably. Really? Yeah, so I kind of stay away from the sport boats. But I mean, I used to go out all the time and I was fine. But I would get a little like um, seasick, I guess. But yeah. that's the fumes that just like mess me up. Diesel and salt water, when that mixture hits, yeah, no, it's it's uh, it's tough, man. <laughs> That's why once I got my own boat, it's like you just go out and you just do it in a day. You know, it's nice to get out when you want. That's a lot harder though. Oh my god, if you're not, <laughs> if you don't know what you're doing out there, you just waste your time. It's uh, a lot of time on the water though. Yeah, got to put in the hours. It it is rewarding though. You know, almost going back to when you were on the kayak and you caught that yellowtail. Oh when, yeah. No. When you go out on your own boat and it's just your buddies, you leave whatever time you want and Yeah, you kinda of just do your own thing. You just do your own thing. It's fun. But then yeah, you gotta do your own thing, but then you're also responsible for <laughs> you know, you're out yeah. there to catch fish and that's the uh the learning curve, the big learning curve. You gotta figure it out. <laughs> A lot of networking though I've noticed is uh just knowing people, trying to get the best intel possible and then, you know, make the best of your day on the water <laughs> sometimes as you know sometimes like trusting people's intel you know it's almost better to go with your gut i've uh, and they I, may have caught them there yesterday but if your gut's yeah. telling you to go somewhere for especially for our offshore fishing yeah you gotta get out you gotta there. trust your gut you gotta go unless it's been there for like four days straight and you're on they're on them you uh, know? Man, I, for me it's uh i'm not the my gut doesn't tell me the right <laughs> there i trust my gut i don't catch anything so. <laughs> I don't know. I know there's other people better than I am at fishing, so I try to <laughs> listen to what they got to say. But I like it. Yeah, this year was tough, though, fishing-wise for me. It was, we got out there a few times. We caught some, like, small ones. Yeah. Uh, that day you saw me in uh, Oceanside, we hooked one. I hooked a big one, but it popped off. And just pulled the hook? I don't even know what happened. Yeah, I think we just pulled the hook. It was on a popper, and then yeah, it just came off. I felt like I snagged it, though, because I threw it right in the middle of the foamer. Oh, yeah. And then that thing was just, like, <laughs> dumping the reels on a trank, so it was just going and then yeah we fought it for like 15 20 minutes and then it just pops off like dang, dang never hooked another one so i like to i like if it's if it's good foam like it's white water i see yeah, fish's backs up. coming out of the water it's okay i'll pick up my heavy setup yeah and i'll lock my drag on 100 pound braid to a 250 pound crimp leader oh, and man. i lock the drag so if i snag a fish it pops off right away it may ruin oh, the foamer you, you know, yeah. the foamer goes down but I like to lock that drag because I know if it doesn't pop off in the first 30 seconds. Yeah, you'll land, you'll have a good chance of landing it. Because it's the worst fighting yeah. a fish. All your buddies are sitting around watching you, especially a snagged yeah, fish. Yeah, that's exactly what happens. <laughs> it takes so long to fight yeah, a snagged fish. Even an 80-pounder fights like a 250. Yeah, and I want to get him in that weird spot. It's, just... it's right behind the peck fin. Yeah. You snag you them right behind their the... head, too. So you, exactly. you feel it when yeah. you're pulling. Like their head's not like turning. So it's a bad time. <laughs> so how did you get into the industry of what Making you do stuff. maybe explain what you do first uh so what we make is just pretty much cnc machine fishing products uh it's really general but uh, i guess against the specifics we make like a real clamp uh that's kind of what got me started so as i got like fishing more seriously uh so i've been a machinist my whole life we have a family-owned business we do metal fabrication and like a little bit of cnc machining so and then after that I saw that there was so many, uh, in fishing, there's so many parts that are machined and like this and that. So then I bought a setup, I bought two seeker rods and I needed to mount, I don't know, some reel on there. 
so I saw the clamps that were out there and I was just like, yeah, I, I could make it myself. So I've always thought that way, like for everything that I've made, like, I could probably just make it myself. So then where I was working, you know, I was kind of getting over just working the, you know, 10 hour shifts. I think we just did four 10 hour shifts. Nice. And we have the Friday, Saturday, Sunday off. And yeah, you just kind of get over it. And like, I knew I always wanted to make something. I just never knew what. And then eventually, yeah, I just, you know, was fishing seriously. I needed a real clamp. So I was like, oh, let's, let's dive into it, see what I can make. So I started making just the little like backing plates, like mm -hmm. just the clamp itself that you could just, I just put my name on it. So I thought it was cool. And then eventually I was like, okay, let's get the system going to see how I can make what's out there better or just make it myself. So, and then, yeah, I noticed that there were so many different sizes for the clamp, but all it is, is just like longer and shorter. So I'm like, all right, we'll just put a, you know, put a slot <laughs> and then that covers, you know, that compensates for the length of the, uh, you're talking about this top. Part yeah. Here. So this thing just slides. So that's what makes it a little different is it slides. And then, uh, yeah. So that's, I started this clamp. Well, we had a, we had, this is our, like our final version, but back then we had just like a simpler, simpler version. And then, yeah, I made the one clamp. I got it to work on the reel. And then I was convinced that that was better than like anything else out there. So I was like, all right, so I think I could probably quit my job and then just focus on, or work. So I told my boss I wanted to work uh, lesser hours, like part-time pretty much. And then I'll focus more on this. And then we just had one uh, CNC machine uh, at my, my parents' shop. So, and then, um, yeah, I started making these trying to remember how i started like trying to sell them i think i just started an instagram page and then just like bd outdoors <laughs> go through there and then uh yeah i remember once i had the final design i just went to a bunch of places it was the most professional thing i just like went and like yeah hey, i have this real clamp would you guys be interested in like carrying it knocking doors I yeah like it. so it, yeah. Was, uh, it was funny how i you know i think about it i had to start somewhere so i didn't know what 100%. to do but that's how i just like dove straight into it and then that was really no interest at first because I was like kind of like a kick in the balls. I'm just like, <laughs> oh, damn, what do I do? Like, I know it's better than everything else. I just need to work on getting it out there. But, so, so one thing I've noticed about previous clamps, um, there was, you had to buy a clamp per reel. Yeah. Right. Yeah, there probably. wasn't a clamp like this. So it was adjustable. Yeah. That could um, fit. One fits pretty much all of them. So. Yeah. There'd be a wall of different clamps and you'd pick, okay, I have yeah. a Trinx 500. I need a Trinx 500 clamp. Yeah, exactly. So that was my big thing. I had a Lexa cool. 400 and then I noticed, you know, I had to buy a Lexa 400 clamp and then I had a Trinidad and you know, I can't use them. I'm like, what the hell? Why can't I use them? And then, yeah, once I came up with this design, it, you know, it was really cool also. So it's also meant for, uh, so another big problem was, um, you couldn't mount a bait caster on like an Alua. Those are like really fat butt rods. Like those clamps would only go to like, let's say an inch and a quarter. So it's like you try to mount it, but the screws aren't long enough and like the frame's not long enough. So, so here we like machined it out. So the whole spacing's a little wider. So we're able to mount. So I don't have two sizes. I have this size. I didn't bring the other one, the mini clamp, but uh, two sizes covers, from inch, this covers inch and an eighth all the way to uh, inch and a half, and the mini size is uh, inch and an eighth to like a little over three quarters, like seven eighths. Now, does spreading out? I, I see a lot of guys still fish jig sticks. You know, maybe they don't know. Um, does spreading out, like if you take a traditional reel clamp yeah. and just put that backing plate on, your reel pivots? Yeah. Does, does spreading yeah. this out eliminate that problem? I mean, it helps it out for sure. I mean, you're grabbing the front of the reel and the back instead of just like the center of the reel. Mm -hmm. 
So it definitely does help it out. And especially with like a trank that doesn't have, I mean, that's what like these clamps are mostly geared towards is, you know, a trank like bait casting setups. Or if okay. you lose the screws or if you have an Alua and then the screws are too long or the screws aren't wide enough to wrap around the butt of the rod, like this solves the issue. Uh, then we came out with our mega clamp here. So it's, uh, this one just helps spread out the pressure and it's more, it's more economical. Now when you just mount, you just use the stock screws that come with the reel, you just take off the existing backing plate, you just slap that one on there and then. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. yeah that solves there. it right there. Exactly yeah. Yeah. So that's, about. uh, that one definitely helps, you know, spread out the pressure. Uh, also there's like a slot, add a trigger on there. And then, I mean, pretty much all the stuff I come up with is just stuff that's, you know, out there already that I see I can make and improve. So that's how we came up with, you know, this one. That's how we came up with this one. So it's pretty cool to, uh, yeah, just keep making new stuff, see what's out there. And so what was, what was the first, uh, lure that you made? The first lure was their surface iron. So this is our model two, but I made a model one, the model one, and it's been a while, but, uh, yeah, so that one, you just kind of, I saw other people making like surface irons and there's only like two or three companies, probably a little more making them at first. And then, yeah, same thing. Like I have the machines, I have the knowledge, I have everything. So I was like, I might as well make one. I'm already started. So like once I got the clamps going, I'm like, okay, I need to find, you know, once I, then eventually I left my job to make my clamps. So then eventually I'm like, all right, I got, <laughs> I got a couple more stuff. So I had like a whole like list in my head, like an idea in my head of what I wanted to make. And then, yeah, you just started knocking them out one by one. So once I made the uh, lures, they were still pretty new at the time. So there was more like hype around them. So yeah. now there's like anyone can make them. And they're super like easy to make for the most part. And it uh, seems like that's going to be the way to go, you know, going forward. You know, you buy the molded ones, sometimes they'll break on you or they're all different. And the machine ones are just like, you know, pretty straightforward. You pop them in the machine, they come out all the same. Uh, put a nice paint job on it and they'll last, you know, it should last you until you lose your, until <laughs> it goes flying off. Or you I've lose lost a lot thing. of them. I know, right? I've <laughs> lost a lot of your jigs. Uh, one thing that I wanted to point out that I really like is for me, I like all my setups. When I, when, like when I go tuna fishing, yeah. I basically tie on everything the same every single trip. Yeah. So I know I can grab this and it's got this on it. I, I grab this, it's got this on it. What I like about your jigs is it's a very consistent swim pattern. Yeah. You don't get the, oh, I need to alter any jiggle swim. You just have to find the right speed and everything. Yeah. I know I can pick up this, uh, swim out the, this swim out the jig. Box. <laughs> It'll swim out the box yeah. how I want it to. Like, you know, yeah. other guys. Yeah, no, like you got it kid. down, man. You probably caught the most fish on my jigs before. So that's, uh, it's cool to see and talk to you here that <laughs> you're the man. <laughs> but I, I just, I know how it works yeah. and I know what I like to do with it. And the conditions when I see, you know, for tuna, especially there's a certain time where I like to throw a surface iron for tuna versus yeah. a sub walker versus a popper. Um, yeah. It's when they're, when I see them doing that little jump out of the water thing yeah. and they're a little spread out, there may be one hard line where you can see the fish foaming. Yeah instantly my brain just clicks on surface iron Throw okay, it on. surface iron and i've tried rigging them different ways i've tried uh cutting these hooks off doing an assist hook i did an assist hook here before i did oh, a nice you gotta mix it up <laughs> a bigger treble the yeah. best thing that's worked for me the best swim yeah the what i've caught the most fish on is just the stock treble hook i haven't bent stock one out ring, stock too bad yeah man they're they're good hook they're using mustad so 
it does take quite a quite a lot of pressure to bend one out but i mean it eventually will happen but <laughs> but they're good hooks though we had a we had a day off the east end of catalina this was like two years ago yeah where um we went out the day before it was on yeah. all by ourselves amazing went out the next day i took my dad my buddy and his dad yeah and we just had all surface irons tied on oh damn we go out there, we catch a few fish, and a storm is coming in. So, hey, we we're in my little Cabo. I had a 21 Cabo. Oh, yeah. I, I was like, thing. we got to race in. We got to, we're done fishing at 11. I don't care if there's 150 pound foamers. We're done. Out of there. <laughs> we're coming back in. And like the fish we caught were like 40 to 60, yeah. like perfect casting lure. Yeah, great just fish. have fun on those fish. We're coming back in. It's a spot of just giants like oh, all yeah. over 120 150 they're going full out of the water it's like i know if you throw it in it's an insta bite we pull the boat up slowly we didn't pull the boat so we just raced right up next yeah. to it and they stayed up perfect and i'm looking at my buddy i'm looking at the wind i'm looking around and i was like do i make gas we already had yeah, you know, four fi- we have plenty of fish on board and my buddy's like nah, I was like, I can't not make cast. Yeah, you got to try it. <laughs> so like, they're still going just crazy, 10 feet from the boat. So yeah. I grab a Talica uh, 16, like full of 80-pound braid, yeah. one of your jigs on there. I wing it out, and I just, the iron may still be in orbit. How <laughs> far? It, it just broke off. It, it broke off on the cast, and I was like, well, that decides it. We're yeah, not fishing these it. ones. We just kept rolling. It <laughs> was hilarious. Fun. Yeah, there are expensive jig to lose, but they're uh, they're worth it, though. They're for sure uh, for me, way it's, to go. <laughs> for me, it's like I put so much time and prep into a trip that it's like if I'm not fishing what I want and it's a, you know, a regular surface iron is what, 15 bucks? Yeah, like 15 What's bucks. the price on your jig? 30, uh, 30, 24. It depends on the painting, the paint you have on it. But yeah, 24 to 30. So so for an extra 10 bucks, if I have just yeah. the confidence in my head, it probably any jig will work. But if I have the confidence in my head that yeah, I know this one is work for an extra 10 bucks, I'm yeah, now you game gotta, on. I'll buy these all day long. You you know? get them. So they're available on Amazon website. Uh, some tackle shops carry them, but not much. I don't really try to push it on tackle shops. Do you uh, get any orders? Uh, you know, surface iron is kind of a Southern California uh, yeah, no, for sure. Yeah. Uh, but have you seen orders, especially because you're selling on Amazon from across the country or maybe uh, East Coast? So Amazon, I don't really see where they go. I kind of, so I do fulfilled by Amazon. So I just send them stuff and then they, you know, they handle the rest. Uh, but I have shipped some to the East Coast, but it's not like what compared to here. It's not, um, yeah, everyone fishes on here. So this is like kind of the market it's geared into. Yeah. I don't really know much about fishing, but like other parts of the world or other, not the world, but other, uh, east coast and other stuff like that so i don't know what they could use it for <laughs> the guys down in the bay love them uh oh, yeah. we, you go fishing down in bay of la i yeah I love oh yeah, fishing yeah bay down, of LA. oh yeah for sure like everything down here bay of la they got all surface iron so yeah i'm gonna try to get out i went last year and um how was it it was fun it was it was interesting it was um, a long drive yeah <laughs> we went down there and it was that uh, we went with uh fish arms so it's a uh, okay. yeah yeah he's a good guy uh yeah no, it was fun i wish the fish were a little bigger we caught like probably like 20 pounders nothing more than 20 but they have told me they have been getting like smaller and smaller every year but i would do wish they're a little bigger but it was fun we caught them on our you know we, i took all my slow pitch setup oh nice and then i make i didn't bring the slow pitch jigs but i made some brass slow pitch jigs so i was just using those and just hooking up and then i took my dad he doesn't really fish but he wanted to go check out you know bay of la yeah so then he was able to they're just drop dropper loop of a hundred pounds and put a macro <laughs> on there hard and, like, just hold on and then he's just <laughs> catching big ass yellow tail I'm like there he has it easy <laughs> but 
So when I go, I'll, I'll kind of uh, lay out my setup that I like to use for this specific iron. All right. If I'm fishing yellowtail, uh, which in Bay of LA, you're primarily fishing yeah, yellowtail. All yellows over there. Chasing bird schools, chasing, you know, structure spots and just blind casting. Yeah. Um, I fish a Seeker 540. It's albino. You use a 10-footer? It's massive. It's got to be a 10 foot. It looks like a VHF antenna. Everybody calls it the VHF. It's white, right? <laughs> oh, so nice. it looks like you have two VHF antennas. But I know with uh, a Torium 20 full of 50, I do a little bit of backing a braid just yeah. in case you hook a big one or whatever. Never know. Um, and then I'll do 50 pound first string Iser. I know I can whip this thing a mile. Tighten down the drag on that thing. And you can lock the drag. I fish a Torium 20 on it. You just can lock the drag in. as hard as possible. You're not going to break the line. You're not going to bend the no, hook. No, just muscle them in. You just pull hooks. That's like your worst, your worst uh, option with What's that combo. So it? it's really, really fun. That sounds good. You got it down for sure. You're the. <laughs> I know you've caught a lot of fish on these things, but um, yeah, no, it's cool that cool to make the lures. Lures have been because uh, with the clamps, it's kind of like you just buy one, you leave it there. The lures, they can be like, you know, you lose them. If you like them, you buy another one. Or there's a lot of color variations and cool what's, stuff with the lures. So. What's your most popular color for Southern California? I mean, the mint's always. The mint. Yeah, these are like the easiest to paint. Well, I send these out for powder coating, so the paint's a little more durable. Yeah. Uh, these, I used to airbrush them, but um, painting is a really time-consuming. It's like space and everything. Yeah. So we moved shops. So we were in one location, and I was able to paint there. And we move this area is a little more dusty and stuff, so I haven't really been painting much. But I do plan on uh, this coming year picking up, picking back up on the paint, getting them out there. Uh, people always like to see like, I think this one was like the Dorado one. Yeah. Scrambled egg, blue and white, mint and white, like all those. You have a mackerel colors. one that I really, really. Oh, like. the mackerel one. It's yeah, got yeah. just like the little the little lines, lines on, on the mackerel. Yeah, I used to, I had same cool. thing. I kind of lost touch with all those things but yeah. i need to get it back together and start painting again so it's uh coming soon <laughs> so so is the surface iron your most popular product that you sell uh no for sure it's gonna be my clamps just because okay. i have these in like every tackle shop um you know my going door to door eventually paid off <laughs> once yeah. they once they saw how it worked and like they could only carry two sizes and it covers like every other real like every other clamp that are any other clamp that's out there like they have like five or six, seven sizes. You just buy two of these and it covers, you know, across the board. So it's a no brainer for tackle shops. Like you carry this clamp and you're set. And especially with this one coming out, it's just like you carry these. These are coming three sizes just based on the rod diameter. Yeah. But yeah, you cover those and you're good. So for sure, the clamp's the most popular. Uh, then I also make a, I didn't bring any with me, but the micro surface irons. Those have been I've like, seen those. A, I guess I have one on my keys here. Let's see. We'll show the camera here. You need a keychain, so there's a micro surface iron. But people <laughs> actually fish them. They actually yeah, catch yeah, fish so on them. You could, uh, you know, fish them for. I don't know. People have caught all sorts of things on <laughs> them. I've seen like barracuda, bonita, you know, freshwater bass, calicos, spotted bay bass, mackerel, trout. Uh, it here. seems like the trout fishermen like actually yeah, use so it the, as the a tool trout in their guy. Arsenal. So it was funny when I made these, it's like uh, usually in the off season, like this time of year, everything kind of like slows down and you're kind of just like, oh, what do I do? So now I use this time to like develop new stuff or make new stuff. So, and then, um, that year, my friend, uh, Eric from easy sport fishing, he's like, dude, just make a 
make your iron smaller and then like it'll work for trout because i've never really trout fished so he's like it'll work and i'm like all right we'll give it a shot so he like convinced me to make one nice and then yeah i made it scaled it down made one out of brass and uh, aluminum and then it just blew up when i first made them they were just like i sold i don't know how many i sold but it was a lot really? <laughs> it was uh then i just had to you know fulfill all the orders i did like a pre-order and then um yeah fulfilled all the orders and then pretty much the way we knew it caused is put them in so pretty much with all my stuff, I just give it to people that are better fishermen than me. Have them try it out and have them tell me. I'm not the best fisherman. I'm just good at like making stuff. So <laughs> I was like, here, you guys take it. If you guys like it, you know, I'll make it. <laughs> yeah. So and then, yeah, I made the the microsurface irons and then they caught some trout and then, yeah, it just blew up. And then I got into all sorts of like colors, uh, having brass. It's like a little weighted. I made smaller ones, eighth of an ounce brass. Uh, yeah, pretty much all sorts of sizes. And then I just put it on a keychain. <laughs> so with this iron, does it, this is the Model 2. Does yeah. this start as just a block of aluminum? And then yeah, the so it's pretty much it. just a you know giant square. So pretty much imagine this as a square. And then, yeah, you just put it in the machine and then program it. First, you design it, the shape that you want and stuff. And then, yeah, just plop it in the machine. And then and those machines, they could cut like to the tolerances, like how perfect you want it, I guess it's just like ridiculous what those machines can do so for yep. like a fishing lure it's like it'll do overkill. It. Yeah, it'll do it yeah way overkill how long it'll does do it, it take the... to take this from a block of aluminum to a fishing lure um like painting welding all that stuff no i would or say just just, just, just the, the cut down yeah um i haven't made some in a while but i would say like seven or eight minutes oh wow it's pretty fast yeah it's pretty quick so the more you could put in the machine it's uh yeah, I'd say like seven, eight minutes. Wow. Uh, depends on your tooling, like how many you put in the machine. The more you try to fit on, fit in there, it's, uh, you know, obviously you crank them out a little faster. I can lose them faster than seven to eight minutes. I know. Faster than you can make them. I can lose them faster. I know, right? <laughs> but uh, yeah, so our goal, so these we use like a fixture to screw them down. Is that what the two screw yeah, holes? Yeah, so that's probably like that one of the most... Well, I would say it's like the most popular question. So it's gotten very annoying, <laughs> especially at the trade shows. Like, oh, what are these holes for? I put a weight in there. But yeah, now it's just like machining related. <laughs> I just use those to hold them down on my fixture. But um, yeah, it's been a very, very popular question, especially when you go at the shows. You know, you're talking to a bunch of people and then some guys want to know what the what the hole's for. So it's understandable. You don't really see a hole in a fishing lure like, you yeah. know, all the time. So it's... Uh, yeah, it's just the machine related if you see them. Can you tell us about this beast you have in front These of us right here. here? What is this thing? Yes, I guess I could tell you how I got you know, how I got into making it. So what is, what is the name for maybe someone that's not watching the video? Alumac. So this is our Alumac 10. So it's short for aluminum macro. So all machine out of aluminum, you know, all assembled. So it's pretty much this. You know, it's same concept as this, but that's a surface iron. Yeah, so same concept, but uh, into like a you know beast of a trolling lure. <laughs> and but you yeah, control these <clears throat> at a very high speed, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, seventeen knots up to like twenty miles per hour. This one we trolled it up to like twenty two, twenty three. We had like the drag just like pinned <laughs> down, and it stayed in the water. We put the camera down there; it looked good. So it was, uh, yeah. Now you control them fast, and they're for wahoo tuna. All that stuff, but um, yeah, I guess to get into how I, you know, got into making well, the first one, it's a funny story. So that one's uh, where do I even start? 
Well, I guess, you know, the Matamac frenzy of last year was just like, oh, yeah. You know, everyone knows about it. So it was um, started out fishing early next year. And then I fished a lot with the Mara Sport Fishing Ensenada. Yeah. So Josue is a good buddy of mine. And then, um, yeah, so I saw they were just going out. Like, you know, you saw the fish counts. They're catching a bunch of tuna. And then I was like, all right, you know, I'm going to head down there. Like, what, what do I need? So he told me, like, get, you know, bring Mad Max. I'm like, all right. So I went down to Ensenada. This was three years ago, <clears throat> 20, I don't know, the year before the Mad Max craze. Yeah, at the end like of the season. 2021 around there. At the end of the season, I was taking a boat to the corral. We were leaving it there yeah. for, uh, for the season. And I went down there and we're fishing offshore. We had spreader bar. We had kite all set up, ready to go. It's yeah. smaller grade fish. And I see these pongas. I'd never seen it before. Yeah. I feel like those guys were one of the first to. Yeah, really they're definitely yeah, one of the first guys to, to do it. And it going. they had six rods off this ponga. It looked like a yeah. spider. And they're going 15 <clears throat> miles per hour. Hauling ripping out. down. <laughs> and they're they're crossing over each other and all this stuff. And the owner of the boat looked at me. He's like, what are these guys doing? And yeah. I was like, I honestly have no clue what they're doing. And yeah. then I talked to them at the dock. And they had a bunch of Mad Max tied on. Yeah. They had a bunch of uh, real, real deep diver, uh, like high-speed Wahoo lures, oh, okay. uh, trolling lures. And he's like, yeah, we got like two 80-pounders. We got a 60. We got a 30. We got a 100. So it's and just, it just like, like trolling for Bonito at that point. It was insane. Yeah, these guys had it dialed. And, you know, it's cool to see now. They're, the next year it went all crazy. I wish I would have yeah. bought 100 of the Mad Max. And well, it's funny because it's like, so once I told him, like, what do I take? He's like, get Mad Max. And then there was a store here in Santa Ana, the gear coop. Uh, but they had, you know, all the Mad Max in stock. So I told, I sent him a picture of like everything they had. He's like, just buy all of them. Really? <laughs> so I'm like, all right. And then like, I probably spent like $3,000. Like I bought all their stuff. I think I just <laughs> left, I left a few, but I pretty much bought everything. Yeah. Spent like two, $3,000. And then just like took them down there. And then, yeah, it was my first time seeing them in action. And it was just like, it took two of my buddies with me. They don't really fish. And how do like, how do those guys fish them? If you can explain, uh, so those guys they just put them on like a twenty to thirty size reel, like Makaira would say. Uh, just put some. They do like wind on leaders. Okay, like a hundred pound, hundred thirty pound. Uh, they go up to two hundred. They put pretty much anything on there. Just throw the leader and they just tie it direct to the to the jig and then. So just, no swivels, no cranks. No swivels, then and they tell me like you. They always get like customers that. They'll bring their uh, Mad Max, and then they get them pre-rigged at the at the tackle shop. Yeah, snip it right off, off and like tie it direct, and then that's how they say they've gotten the best luck. But um, yeah, we went down there, caught a bunch of fish, and then once you start seeing, you know, once they really caught on, you know, I was out fishing them too, and then we were just catching. There was days I hooked thirteen fish. Wow. It's just, and we only landed like four of them. We like hooked 13 of those, which is crazy because it's like I've been years prior and you don't catch, you don't catch anything. Yeah. <laughs> but here I am, like just trolling, catching a bunch. And then, um, yeah, so they found out they worked really well. And then I had some guys tell me, like, oh, maybe you should make one like out of metal. So I was like, ah, maybe. It seems kind of like, ah, it's too hard. So I'm like, nah, I just like look past it. And then once I started seeing guys like resell them for like 200 bucks, I'm like, you know, what the hell? These guys are paying this much there's money demand. for the jig yeah there's a yeah. demand for it so then once i saw that i was like okay i'll give it a shot me like toy around to see what i could do so then yeah i designed the first one um so i thought it was gonna be as simple as just like you know two surface irons screw them together and then there's your jig so i did that took my boat out to like took it to the harbor 
and you know threw it in the water to try to troll it and that's just like swimming i think it swam like it was like this or something i don't know what the hell it was doing like the doing tail circles. was up. yeah it was horrible <laughs> I was like what the hell so then just got off the water like right away <laughs> like all right let's go back to the drawing board so then that's so my goal was to make them for like 80 dollars uh because i thought it'd be just like two of these screwed together a little more work but for the most part just two of those put them together and then but then once I got into it, I was like, man, it was just a nightmare to get the at first, first, uh, you know, uh, Alumac. It was an eight inch version. Yeah. So, and then eventually, you know, I kept trying, kept trying. So eventually I got one to swim and then got one to swim, got it to, uh, so once I posted it, probably like every captain, like up and down the coast, like hit me up. Like hey, I hit you up right away. Right, as soon as everyone, I saw it. everyone hit me up. So it was insane. Like the feedback I got when I was first posting them. Everyone like wanted one. Everyone did this. I was like, all right, maybe, you know, I got something going here. So let's give it a shot. So then I sent some out to, um, to well, a lot of the captains. So mostly everyone that catches that I think was catching fish, I'd send them a, send them a jig to give it a shot. It yeah. was just the bare aluminum one. And then, uh, Billy K ended up being the first one to, he like snagged it in the head, but you know, he landed the fish. So I was stuck. I was like, oh, nice. He got one. Uh, after that, like some other guys, uh, were able to catch so i was like stoked so i was getting ready to start making them and that's when like the whole nomad thing happened like oh they sent me an email saying like oh you know we have a patent on the design blah 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 oh nomad reached out to you yeah, after yeah. they saw your product yeah yeah so they saw that it was you know they saw the finished product people were like posting it everywhere and then i was like all right so then they got word of it they saw it and i was like damn so they sent me the email I'm like shit you know it's like a cease and assist yeah or? i don't know i guess you could call it that um but yeah, so then I thought I would have been fine to keep making them. I thought it was different enough to where I shouldn't have had any issues if we went to like quarterback. But obviously, you don't want to deal with all that. Sure. I'm like, all right, so I'll make some uh, make some changes. So then made some changes, changed the design here and there to make it more you know user friendly. And then yeah, they wanted to also like for me to make them for them. Oh wow, okay. Yeah, but I was like, oh, I don't know, I don't really want to. I, don't know, I just didn't want to go that route. Sure. So I was like, I'll just keep doing it myself. And I just changed the design a bit, you know, got it to where I liked it. And then, uh, yeah, I just kept fishing them. They catch fish. And then it was, uh, you know, it was cool to see them, you know, you were able to sell them for $200 to, uh, you know, get them out. There. That's how much they cost to make super expensive, like the aluminum, the machining. Oh, this thing and is as a you're, work as of you're, art. As you're going, it's just like you're having a problem with this. You're having a problem with this. You're having a problem with this. Like every detail needed to be like adjusted and fixed to get the final to what you see now, I guess, is what the so, finished finished product of hours, <laughs> hours and hours of work. It wasn't as easy as just like, oh, Mad Mac metals. Like, nah. It's, yeah, you're, the way the hooks attach into this lure is, is pretty interesting. Can you talk yeah, a little so bit about that? Yeah, that? Uh, so at first I tried putting them like integrated into the design, like use the aluminum to hold it. But turns out like I trolled it and like the damn, um, the aluminum was like melting. It was like wearing away because you troll so fast. Oh, like that the, metal constantly. Yeah, so these rings it. would like, if it was on the aluminum, it like wore it down to where like 30 minutes of trolling, 20 minutes of trolling, like wore that thing down to like, it would have just eventually just cut straight through. Wow. So yeah, those were all like problems we had as we were like coming up. And then, uh, so eventually I got, well, I guess to what you see now, it's just the stainless steel inserts, uh, stick out of the lure, you know, nothing touches the body. 
Uh, everything's all secure. You know, we've had these tested to like pull them, see when they'd break. So the, the rings, they'd break like at 500 pounds, which is like more than enough. But the jig broke like at a thousand pounds. So it's like, wow. you know, rock solid, you know, no, nothing should be able to <laughs> to break the jig. Yeah. And it's, um, yeah, so I'm sure you've been to hook out before you do anything to the lure. And then I think, I think what's really cool about your lure is, you know, fishing other high speed trolling lures, you catch a fish, you slide the fish on the deck. If that fish does one head shake, that lure yeah, does so not swim the same. That's pretty much why they made these is like same reason they said like, okay, they were breaking fast. You catch like one or two big fish. You know, they, what happens is they split open and water gets in the back. And once water's inside, you're like screwed. So it, that, it affects the way it Yeah, tracks. so it gets too heavy or whatever it does. So that's why we made these, you know, they catch a bunch of fish on them. They'll still keep, so with keep a, chugging along. With a, a 10 inch uh we'll call it a high speed trolling lure yeah. what size wind on leader because i like to fish them on a wind on leader as yeah. well what size wind on leader do you um, like um honestly i've done everything i just do what the guys in Ensenada tell me to do and i do it because i've used 200 pound you know only like a 10 25 yard leader yeah and tied direct to the jig you know, that's been my kind of go-to but I mean, you could go 150 with like 75 yards or so, I don't know. I've kind of just, as long as it's mono, it's a wind on leader. They have it tied professionally. You shouldn't have any issues. So how I like to do it is I like to have a hundred pound braid. Yeah. I feel like it's a little thinner than the 130, 130. right? I do a hundred pound braid and then I do a wind on leader. I really like those AFCO. Uh, they make like a fluorocarbon yeah. pre-tied. Uh, All right. So just slap that on leader. There. I slap that on there. Uh, Bimini. And then to that uh, wind on leader, and then I just direct tie yeah. to them, and it seems to be the easiest way. That's how I do it, man. To just, do it, yeah. Braid, wind on. I just use a uni knot, tie it straight there, and then uh, you're good. <laughs> you could cut it a bunch of times and retie it. Every time you usually catch a fish, just retie the knot. It does get a little frayed, so yeah. With a two hundred dollar lure, you're gonna want to yeah, retie no, it every time. Yeah, retie your knots, and then um, make sure <laughs> make sure you don't lose the jig. But surprisingly enough, I've never lost a troller like on a fish. Oh, why would you go and say that? Yeah, you. I, it's funny. I talk to people and they're like, "Oh, I've lost so many." You know, Mad Max, or I don't know anyone that has told me they've lost one. Or actually, you know, funny story. Uh, Matt, he. So I gave a bunch of the uh, prototypes away, right? And then I think it was there was one person that said they hooked one and lost. I think it was Vinny with the bite sport fishing. Mm -hmm. They hooked one and they lost it. Also a wet wheelie. One of those two. It had to be one of them. They hooked a fish and they lost it. They lost the jig. Oh no. So I'm like, oh, okay, whatever. It was a prototype. You know, I, I got bit. So I was like stoked. And then another buddy of mine, like two, three months later, his name was Matt. He, um, they were deep dropping for, um, not deep dropping, just night fishing for bluefin. Mm -hmm. He caught, a tuna and it had a prototype in its mouth no way and i'm like what the hell like, what are the odds of you know that happening it had your lure yeah. that somebody had yeah. lost in, in its mouth, in its yeah. mouth. so no he like showed, he sent me a picture of like of the jig i'm like what the hell like there's no way that it's just crazy how you know how they stuck around and then yeah. for someone to let to catch that fish and to get one of these out of their mouth is that's a prize fish 200 bucks you Not catch exactly. fish with a 200 yeah, so it, lure it in it's crazy when they uh when he sent me the picture it was just i just saw him like what the hell that's, that's so random so it had to be one of those two guys that lost it maybe wow. someone else but i think it was one of them and they because uh, there was only like 10 lures out there at the time 
when I uh, when they said they lost it, yeah, there was only a handful out there, and then to see it pop up somewhere else was like. So no one hasn't been lost. If we got that one back, yeah, no, I'm sure that, I'm sure some have been lost, <laughs> but uh, but to get that one back, well, he still has it, but it was uh, it's a weird story. <laughs> so I've seen on your Instagram, you have a great Instagram, by the way. It shows all your products. Yeah, it's yeah, really I'm trying to get it going. <laughs> crisp and clear images of what they do. I've seen guys on the East Coast are now using these for Wahoo, right? Yeah, so that's the goal too. Is um, you know, we're trying to introduce them because they're more than just like a bluefin tuna, you know, SoCal lure. So you could troll them for Wahoo. Uh, Wahoo, some guy, um, Bob Hovey down in uh, Louisiana, he's been trolling these. So I sent him some last year, and he did pretty well with them. He said he got like four for seven on the Wahoo. Wow. So he's been killing it. So we sent him a bunch of lures to, you know, keep it going, try to catch as many as he can. But he really likes them. You know, they catch them, they could slap them on the deck and just throw them back out there. Well, we've all seen the marauders that come back and, and they're, they're just like sawed in half. Yeah, they got some some crazy stuff happens. Now those fish are strong, their teeth are, you know, sharp and they'll destroy they'll go through like four or five lures. This so seems like can... a this seems like a great alternative though because i don't feel like a wahoo is going to solve yeah so all you do like we've i've seen the lure they just get like scratch marks but there's no like you know no significant damage like you'll for sure i don't know i can't really find a way to break these things (laughs) it'll be really tough let me handle that i'll figure out how to break it it'll it'll be tough but um yeah they're good lures are solid so we're trying to just get them out there uh we went out to icast uh last year oh nice how was that yeah it could have been better i guess it's uh I don't know. I guess if you go there, you got to be like ready to go talk to everyone. You got to be really yeah. like out there. That's just not how I am. But um, hopefully this next year I could get out there and get the right people to go through that for me. You know, did you have a lot of interest in lure from guys that uh, maybe had never seen it? There's interest, but just the price point kind of turns people away, which I understand. But it's um, I mean, I can't really make them any cheaper. Well, that's it's interesting a, to me because if you look at um, swim bait bass fishermen, right, they're fishing a trophy fish. Yeah. For the bluefin, we're fishing. This is considered a trophy fish, a hundred well, pound that's, fish. That's my whole thought process when I was making uh, making these. I was like, people spend on like bass fishing. I've seen them spend two, three hundred dollars. You know, one hundred fifty to like two fifty, three hundred, whatever amount. Like people will spend the money for like those bass fishing. <laughs> but I guess they're I throwing it on twenty, thirty pound mono. Yeah, right? no, it's crazy to me. So seeing that was like. You know, I knew there was hope. You know, if yeah. I made this, like okay, there's hope. And I see people spending two hundred dollars on the lures now, so I was like, okay, there's no brainer. I'll be able to sell them. But I guess to sell them consistently is more of a has been the challenge. And getting them into like tackle shops and convincing people that okay, you know, you do spend the money. And more than anything, you know, it's made here because like to make them overseas and stuff. That's pretty much how like ninety percent, probably ninety nine percent of all like trolling yeah. lures and fishing lures. They're all uh, made overseas, like anything you see in the tackle shops. Like, I love an American. It's an American-made fishing yeah, yeah, product. Yeah, we make or... them here, and then it's uh, yeah, not cheap, <laughs> not cheap, but it's uh, we put a lot of effort into it. So it comes out nice, and yeah, we're trying to get them out there, but slowly but surely they'll they'll so get let's, out there. Let's switch gears a little bit. You were fishing this lure, and you had a viral moment. We went overboard. Talk to us, talk to <laughs> break down the story of that. It was funny. hilarious. I was dying. I watched that five times. Yeah, no, that was uh so that one's a really interesting story. It was probably like the you know best fish that I've caught it was that one. So it was um so it was during the time where I was um getting ready for iCast. So I really wanted to get like poster boards of like the 
the jig in like a tuna's mouth because I didn't get that prior. I didn't really take like professional pictures or anything. Yeah. I'd caught fish, but I didn't get like the good shot. So I was like, damn, I need to get, you know, a good shot to take over to iCast to get on a nice like poster and stuff. Oh, you got it. Oh, yeah. So then, so then I also was designing the 10 inch version. And then um, I think it was, yeah, it was earlier this year. So I finished designing it like in April. I probably, like, probably like March, I finished designing it. So, and then, um, yeah, I was trying to get the, so also with the jigs that I sell, it's like, I always try to, you know, has to catch fish before I start selling anything. Sure. So, and then this was out in April. Um, yeah, I hit up the Mara Sport Fishing. I went down there once I finished the design. And then this year, they're like in a funk for whatever reason, like early on. And then that first day we went, got skunked. You know, we saw fish, but they just weren't biting. We tried everything. We tried these. We tried spreader bars. Tried everything and it's nothing. It's bluefin. Yeah. So then I was like, damn. So I got skunked, came back. This was back like April. And then, um, yeah, I got, so then I eventually started making some more, got some painted, uh, got them pretty much dialed in. And then, um, yeah, the show was coming up. I still hadn't caught a fish on them. I'm like getting ready to sell them because I knew like, they swam good because you could put a camera down there. Yeah. And I see they're trolling straight. They're trolling fast. They're vibrating. You know, everything's good. I just got to catch a fish with them. And then, so I was like, I think it was like in June, the first week of June, um, I was going to go down there. My fiance, were going to go with their family down there. And I was like, all right, we'll go, I'll go. But I didn't plan on going fishing. And then um, she was telling me that, you know, we're going to go spend time with her family and then just come straight back. And then I see on Friday night, Josue from Mars Sport Fishing, he posts like, oh, I have a pongo available Sunday. And I was like, damn, I was just like sitting on my stairs, like, should I do it? So I was like, whatever. Like, I, so I text him like, oh, like, let's do it. I'll, I'll book the trip. So then the next morning I go to the shop, you know, get a bunch of these, get all my fishing gear, get everything and, you know, go straight down. So we get there Saturday, we spend the day with her family. So then the next day, you know, we go fishing. So my aunt lives down there. So I usually stay with her and she's just like, we're like 10 minutes from, from, nice. the, from the launch ramp. So yeah, we get out there, take all my stuff with me. So it's just me and him on the boat. And then he's telling me that, you know, they They've been struggling catching like bluefin. They haven't been biting like they were this last year. So I was like, damn, I didn't want to get skunked again because I had gone like two months prior to that. And then, yeah, we get out there. We're fishing. I think around like eight or nine, he gets a call from like one of the guys. They they hooked one. Two guys hooked some on the Mad Max. So I was like, damn. And then we were like 20 minutes out. We went another direction. We find some fish. We're trolling the lures. We, there's like one spot we trolled like right through them and then like nothing. So I'm like, God damn, like, don't tell me it's going to happen again. So and then, um, yeah, we don't catch anything. So we start going back to where they caught theirs. And then, yeah, finally just trolling, bam, hook up on the uh, a pink 10-inch one. So I was stoked. So we fight it, land it, you know, take some good pictures. And then after that, same thing, put the lures back in the water, start trolling. Trolling, trolling, trolling. Then we got a double hookup within those like five minutes. We hook one. I think it was both on the 10 inch ones. Nice. And then, um, yeah, we're fighting that fish and then it just pops right out. Like one of them pops off. So then we're just fighting the one. Uh, then, yeah, so I guess this is where I went overboard. So I have the uh, fighting the rod or fighting the fish. I tightened the drag like all the way because we already had caught one. So I wanted to see like, okay, how much drag can I put before like anything fails? Yeah. So I decide, and we had 200 pound uh, mono tied straight on, so I'm like, I could go as like tight as I want. So I tighten the full drag, fighting the fish, 
And then I get it close. So you could see in the video, like I'm like fighting the fish. I think he's like adjusting the camera or something. So I pull the fish like comes in and like I told him it's like ready to gaff. I'm like, like I eat that. And then he goes, but he's like looking at the camera and then the fish decides to like dive under. And then I'm like leaning forward. And then like you could see on the pongas, they're not like straight up and down the whatever they're called. The they're gunnels. Like, yeah, the gunnels are a little angled. So then like I lean forward to like, you know, compensate. And then the the rod goes up and it catches on my bib and then it just freaking launches me over. So I'm just like flip straight over. And I remember thinking just like, damn, like you're, you're going in, you know, so I just, you know, head first in the water. And then I remember thinking like, as long as I'm not like getting dragged through the water, like I don't feel that I'm being pushed. Like I'm not letting go of the setup. <laughs> I think it's expensive. He does it. Uh, one of the adjust butt rods. Oh, yeah. So that was probably like a $1,500 setup, what, like $2,000 setup. And then, yeah, I was just thinking, okay, I'm not letting go. So I think what happened is the fish like took off this way. He was doing like his circle. So he came back around. So it kind of went slack. So I wasn't getting dragged. And then I just had like one hand holding on the rod, and, like one hand in the air, like hope you could like get me. <laughs> and then yeah, sure enough, he like grabs me, like pulls me up. And then he's just like, oh, where's the rod? Where's the rod? And I'm like, all right, here, like take the rod. And then he just, gets the setup and then he starts fighting the fish and then <laughs> and I, you're my, still in the water i was still in the water so my arms were like my four you know when your forearms start burning because oh, yeah. it's only us two and we're reeling in these you know from reeling in the jigs to fighting the first fish and to fighting this one my forearms are like done so i can't even like lift myself back in the, in the boat <laughs> so he just puts the puts it in the rod holder and i go to the other side of the boat it's funny. He just like grabs me by my bib and just like lifts me up like a little kid. Just like throws me on the deck and then it's a fantastic video. Yeah. So we get on the boat, like get straight back to like fighting the fish and then yeah, we just bring it close. He gaffs it and then it was funny because he put his camera to record the whole thing. Like I didn't know it was recording. And then he told me he's like, oh, I got the whole thing on video. I'm like, oh damn. So once we saw the videos, it was it was funny, man. Once he had it posted up, it was. Uh, it's gotten millions of views. Yeah, like two million views. That's pretty awesome. <laughs> it's crazy, man. It was, uh, and then it was fun, man. Just having like that whole experience, landing the fish. How big was and the fish? I was probably like 80, 80 to a hundred, I guess. You got pulled in by eighty pounder. Yeah, and it was that. It was funny because we thought it was like a two hundred pound fish because it was fighting like crazy. And then <laughs> once we saw it, we're like, "What the hell? This thing's tiny." <laughs> but yeah, no, it took me overboard, and then um, yeah, I posted the video up, and then. After that, you know, got a lot of exposure to like the jigs and all this stuff. And I was just stoked that I was able to catch fish on the jig before I started to sell it. Uh, so that whole combination of things was just like. Yeah. Know, what a time came. for it to pop off. Yeah. So right it was just I good. Guess. Yeah. So then I got all the pictures I needed. And then we kept fishing after that. We hooked another one. Wow. On the eight inch one. Biting. And then we ended up going home by like 11. And we had outfished all the other pongas that were trolling the Mad Max. We outfished them on my jig. It was cool that. The whole experience was just really cool. That after that was he's like, was he like, I need a bunch of these. Yeah, yeah. So I gave him a bunch. So he's been really good. To like he's given me. So I've given a lot to a lot of captains here, but I haven't really gotten the feedback that I wanted. There's a handful like Andrew from Stoked on Fishing. He's been really helpful. Um, Tanner, Wet Willie guy, they caught some. There's a lot of guys that have caught, you know, caught with them and gave me like good feedback. Nice. But a lot of guys I sent them, but then they just like disappeared <laughs> it, it sucks you know it was uh, like a part of the business i guess but then josue and the uh, mars sport fishing you know he gave me a lot of feedback like he likes this configuration he likes this he likes this how changed this and what's the best way 
I think it's a great learning opportunity to go down there, fish with those guys, come back here, implement it into your SoCal program. Yeah. What's the best way that they can reach Mara Sport Fishing? Uh, to learn just through to Instagram, just hit them up and then. Yeah, it's a good time down there. It's not too far from San Diego, from the border. Yeah. That's the only like downsides coming back from the border. But yeah, hit them up. They're really inexpensive. You go for a pongo for like four or five guys, you're probably going to spend like, I don't know, 200 bucks each. That's awesome. It's just like a full day here in San Diego. But yeah, head down there. They have lodging. Yeah. You get oh, the, oh, Mara's offers lodging? Yeah. So they have oh, like a, cool. they have a spot for you to stay. It's probably like 50 bucks a night. Wow. Yeah. Get down there take all your gear or they have gear i uh, just hop on the pongas go out fish all the times i've gone the fish have been within like 10 miles from oh that's awesome from the coast right so outside like, the island yeah, we're out there like in an hour 45 minutes to an hour we're on fish already and it's i've had every time i've gone i've had a good time down there so whoever wants to go <laughs> go with mara sport fishing he's a uh, good captain he has a lot of pongas too so they're all working together networking trying to find the fish so like one ponga finds it They'll all go and, you know, that's what I fish. love about Mexico is you can go, especially like Bay of LA, people are fishing 10 feet apart. No one's yelling. Yeah. You get 10 feet apart from a boat here, here in California. Just throwing stuff at each other. Oh man. <laughs> I'm, I'm looking in the boat. What kind of lead weights we got? I can right, huck no, right. In Mexico, I'm throwing beers across. Yeah. You know, it's, no, a good time. it's a good time in Mexico. And it's just, I don't know. It's nice down there. Nice to get out there. So what's, really what's cool. next? What do you have coming down the pipeline for Duran's fishing products? Uh, so what's next? We kind of got like a new surface iron here. So my goal is to make like a skinnier and lighter one, easier to make, no holes in the back. Um, I don't know. I just got to fish them and try them. We have this. So usually in the off season, it gets like super slow. So we have like a pocket knife coming out soon. So oh, very cool. So kind of sell year round. Um, and is this made in the same CNC machine? Yeah. So I mean, you could take a look at it. Yeah. So it's all... I've always been into like, I guess not really into knives, but I've always seen them. Yeah. So the finished product will be, you know, made out of titanium, uh, stainless steel blades, all that stuff. So I've always seen a bunch of people make them. I've just always wanted to make one. So in the off season, I have time to do whatever. <laughs> so, so another product the, uh, that I don't see here on the table is the tuna spike. Oh yeah. I make the tuna spikes as well. So I guess same thing. I saw, you know, they're out there like I can make it. So. Made some tuna spikes. We made a titanium one. We used to make some really nice titanium ones. They're all anodized, cool colors. But now um, oh, the same thing. They're really pricey, and they take a lot of time to make. So it's not really something that I focused on. But I'll probably get back into that soon. <laughs> so when you first started machining products and everything, did you ever see yourself growing into your own business and taking nah, it under your? Own? I mean, I saw that I was gonna like make my own stuff. I just didn't know what I would make, and I guess now I could, you know. I look back and I see all the stuff we have. So we just got our second, well, we got it last year, our second CNC machine. So we got two dedicated to like all our stuff. So we're able to make, you know, I got to make more stuff to keep both machines busy. Yeah. So, but no, I never thought I would, no, I never saw it coming. <laughs> I never thought I'd make a fishing lure. I never thought I'd make like fishing products in general. So to actually start doing it and then be able to buy my own boat, get out there. And it's been fun each, you know, fish your own stuff out there. Uh, to meet new people, a lot of cool manufacturers. The guys that really got me like going was like Seeker. When I was doing that whole like door to door sales thing, I remember yeah. I, I stopped by their facility in Orange. I just walked in there. I'm like, oh, I got a real clamp. And then Rick and Ed there were like, yeah, we like it. Like, let's you know see what we could do. So they started. I think during that time they were doing um. 
what was it called? The Fred Hall shows in San Diego. Okay. So that was the first show I did that they let me get a corner of their booth and they just let me like do my thing in the corner. So like, yeah, I'll never forget those times that they, you know, they helped me out. They took me on board and they helped me push the clamps. So I, it was good that they, you know, helped push them because they fit well with their stuff. Yeah, I feel and, like uh, seeker rods are are traditionally thicker. They're a traditional yeah, style yeah. jig stick, and this is a perfect product to yeah for those rods. So yeah, no, it was great that they you know really helped me push them, and then they uh, yeah I've supported them ever since they've supported me. So it's uh, I guess it's cool to meet new people, network, uh, all sorts of captains, and just now oh, it's cool to be in the part of the fishing industry. So you know I liked fishing, so now being a part of it, learning from other people, seeing what else is out there, it's been a uh, been a fun journey <laughs> I, it was fun running into you a couple times this year out on the water yeah, I think yeah you're with no. your girl is that your girlfriend yeah, or your fiance, wife no, fiance yeah. oh congratulations yeah, yeah, all yeah, right made it happen this year <laughs> nice yeah it was fun running into you guys because i'm like hey there's edward i know yeah i was out there yeah i got a you know that was my first like big dorado we caught here so we just saw some splashes they were just like moving bait they were chasing bait, so they were just you saw the bait like come up. I'm like, oh, I'm just gonna throw a surface iron here. So I threw a bare aluminum one, and you just see like four or five like big ass dorados like all chasing it, and then one hits it. And I land it. I just wish there was someone else on the boat that could also like cast a jig out there because we would have landed like got a couple more four or five, like 10, 15. I think that one was 17 pounds. Wow, nice. So being the SoCal like 17 pounders, <laughs> that's pretty big. So yeah. it was uh it was cool to get some. I remember that specific day. I drove around. I saw bait. I saw small. Yeah, you fish. were out there. I went. I went way out to like mackerel bank. Came back in. I went all the way around. Yeah. And you left at like one o'clock. Yeah. And you I got hit me a late to, start. Yeah. That, hit me up to like yeah. We just threw a dorado on the deck. I go, dude. Didn't you leave at like one o'clock? And I got it right off the uh, right outside of. Um, I think it was like Dana Point or Newport, right in the middle. I forgot the numbers, but yeah, I know. Saw him there. I, that was the last thing I expected. <laughs> so cool, it was man. cool to see. It was one of those fish that you don't expect to get. Uh, but yeah, landed it. Went back in. Had dinner at the docks there somewhere in the uh, one of the restaurants there. And yeah, just called it a day. <laughs> it was a good good day. Nice. So anything else with your company that you want to, um, you know, maybe people do wrong with the aluminum aluminum or or they have issues mm. with that you being that you built these jigs, you to can help, help with. Um, not really. I mean, these are pretty straightforward, you know, just hundred pound mono, 150, 200, whatever, just mono tied direct. Uh, you could troll them. Is this much. your preferred hook? Um, yeah. So I've learned that, you know, having the big treble on the back helps them stick. Some guys like to run the dual trebles, but uh, I've seen this has worked pretty well for me. Um, yeah, just troll them like. 12 to 14 knots one thing that uh, 11. one thing that changed my fishing with the high speed trolling lures was i was fishing them too close as yeah, soon as literally way back there the day that i said i was fishing attack 50 and yeah. i was like i'm gonna just dump this thing to halfway Man, and see it's what happens. crazy how far they like the guys in Ensenada. i've seen them you're just like he has me send them back I'm like is this good He's like no <laughs> keep sending it out I'm there and you see the spool just like go down, down, down. And then, you yeah, know, it works. <laughs> it gets it done. Send them out there. Don't be scared to send them out for like 
20, 30 seconds out there. I'll do 45 a minute. Yeah. At speed. At, I, I like 13. 13 seems to be yeah. my sweet spot. It's yeah, hard that, to that, keep it there, but. 13, 14 yeah. miles per hour. Or, yeah, around there. It's, it's so do you fish, do those guys fish two in a spread for the Man, those guys, They'll put three out there if they, right. uh, two on the sides and then one down the middle. But a smaller boat's kind of tough just because it's, um, they'll keep the middle one close and then the two outsides, you know, way back. Okay, so they're fishing two on the outside. Let's say I fished one on an LP and I just put it at a thousand. Yeah. Um, but let's say they're two at a thousand, and then how far is that middle one? That one's probably like fifty yards. I get super close. They, they're so pretty more than the likely. They're, yeah, they're more than likely not going to catch with that one. But he just has it there. Just you never know. They've had triple hookups. They've like they've done it all. So they know more than I do. <laughs> Whatever they say, I'm like. That's the law. <laughs> One issue I've seen with the high speed trolling lure thing is, uh, you know, a spot of fish is up on the surface yeah. and they'll, I'm watching them, Sam and watching them in the gyros. They'll make a turn. Guys don't realize how far back that lure actually is. Yeah. They'll make a turn and they'll, they'll, if this is the foamer or spot of fish, they'll make a turn way ride and then keep turning and they just end up dragging their lure around, around and then just go straight out. Yeah. No, they're, they're hauling ass when they're turning too. they're going like 20 miles per hour, just like wrapping the fish. So they're speeding up on the turn. Yeah. So I guess, so the, the lure is not really being dragged at that point when you start turning. So it's kind of just like hanging out. And I've seen on the cameras too, like when you do that, you know, you go out and you're doing like aggressive turn, the lure is not really going full speed. It's kind of just like hanging out there. Or it depends how aggressive your turn is. Yeah. And then, yeah, once you hit the turn and then you hit the, get, get the line tight again, that thing just like takes right off. So yeah, I've seen how they do. They go, you know, they're hauling ass on the turn and they just come down to speed and they just go straight. And then, yeah, those guys just hook up <laughs> like crazy over there. It's, it's cool to see. I think the, the wrong way, there may no be wrong. There may not be a wrong yeah. way to do it, but I see a lot of guys just circle around fish. No, cause then your, your lure, cause I've seen it on the camera mm -hmm. that your lure is never getting the right action. Like you have to be going straight. There has to be tension on the line to like make that lure, you know, get that vibrating action that they, for whatever reason they, they like it. So well, awesome, man. Cool. Well, thanks for, uh, thanks for sitting down. Anything else you want to share with us? No, I guess all our stuff's on, uh, Amazon, our website. Um, local tackle shops if you guys ever need anything feel free to reach out yeah that's pretty much it <laughs> i've reached out a couple times and yeah, you're, yeah, you're very good to reply on dms what's your instagram so people can uh, follow durant's fishing out. products so pretty straightforward durant's fishing products yeah you need custom engraving we also do like custom engraving on our all our real clamps um but yeah pretty much it if you have any questions or problems with anything just reach out to me you know we'll always help someone out and a small community so yeah and i'm in santa ana if they ever need anything swing by and you're right here yeah yeah close by and it's um yeah just get ready for the next season we'll be at all the trade shows this year very uh, cool we'll be at the pcs i don't know about the the bart hall fred hall ones but pcs will be there we'll have our booth set up and we'll have a yeah, just come on down. You want to see all the stuff we got. We'll have we'll have everything there. <laughs> Very cool. All right, man. Well, thank you, Edward, for sitting down with us. Uh, be sure to like and subscribe. We're now on Apple. Follow oh, us nice. on there Apple. Leave us a review, even if it says, "Hey, this podcast is whatever." Give us a five star review. We really appreciate it, and we will right see on. you on the next one. Thank Sounds you. Sounds good, man. Thanks for having us.